another edition of the Albany Law School podcast. I'm Ben Myers, Assistant Director of Communication and Marketing here at Albany Law School. On this episode of the podcast, we're dropping in on another presentation from our Career and Professional Development Center, Not Finding What You Want Through OCI, I've Been There. We're going to hear from a couple of our alumni who found their jobs outside of the on-campus interview program, and those speakers are going to discuss how they looked beyond the early on-campus interview program and found success in both their summer and their full-time employment. A couple of announcements before before we get to it, as always, consider subscribing to the podcast on any of the major podcast services or check out our SoundCloud account if you like what you hear in this episode. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, Albany Law School on each of those platforms to make sure you're up to date on what's happening here on campus. And always check albanylaw.edu slash coronavirus just to make sure you have everything in place for the upcoming fall semester. Enough from me, let's hand this over to the Career and Professional Development Center. Welcome, everyone, to today's program. Today, we're going to talk about finding positions outside of the on-campus interview program. Um, Today, students just received um, information this week about, I'm actually going to put this back in, um, about the um, July and August on-campus interview um, program. And that is um, mostly made up of large law firms and larger district attorney's offices. Um, And a very small percentage of employers actually hire through this venue. So today, um, we wanted to speak to some of our alums who actually found their positions outside of um, the on-campus interview program. And so today, I'd like to introduce Kayla Potter, um, Dan Christian, and hopefully we'll have Adabari Angule join us shortly. So I'd like to start by having our panelists introduce themselves. Kayla, would you like to talk, just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, some of the experiences that, um, positions that you held while you were in law school? Sure, so hi everyone. My name is Kayla Potter. I am a recent graduate for the class of 2020, but just walked to the graduation stage a couple of weeks ago. I am currently an assistant district attorney for Albany County, which was my dream job coming in to law school. So I am happy to be an advocate for the fact that it all works out no matter what point you are in in this realm. I was pretty involved in law school. I tried to do absolutely everything I could. I wanted to experience every job I could, every opportunity I could. And the Honestly, everyone here really helped me get to that. So I thought that that was really awesome. Thank you. Dan, would you like to tell us a little bit about your history and the positions you held while you were in law school? Yeah, sure. So my name is Dan Christian. I'm an associate attorney at the law office of Plano and Farrow in Rochester. Uh, unlike Kayla, I was not a big, I did not hold a lot of positions in law school. Uh, I spent my entire uh, first year summer and second year working at uh, a local labor union. I actually worked at Plano and Faro my summer between my second and 3L year. got a job offer before 3L year. So the only other practical experience I really got, along with Kayla, we were both, uh, and I believe Adivari participated in the pro bono scholars program as well during his time. So those were my kind of in-law school experiences. Thank you, Dan. 
And now we, I'd like to introduce Adabari, who's joined us. Hi, Adabari, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? Sorry, I was on the wrong. <laughs> like wondering, why can't I get in? But I eventually look. Sorry about that. All right, so um, good afternoon, I'm Adabari. Um, what are the questions? Are just introductory? Is that what we're doing? Yes, Adabari, All if you right. could just introduce yourself, tell, tell our students who are on the line, just a little bit about your experiences in law school, some, you know, what you did for your summer, what you're doing now. All right. Um, so I came into law school, kind of a non-traditional student in the sense that after undergrad, I went to work for the Queens DA's um, office back in New York City. So I was there for three years and eventually came back to law school. Coming back to law school, I knew I wanted to do something in the field of community development, economic development, and something in the real estate field. Um, so to that end, you know, I worked with Dan Fitzpatrick to really try to track a path to eventually, you know, land a position in something in that field, either private practice or, you know, something in the government, I wasn't sure. So we worked with, uh, I worked with Dan Fitzpatrick throughout law school. I think I, I try to mirror my path towards what I eventually do now. So um, for instance, I worked with a local practitioner over there um, who was general counsel for the Albany County Land Bank. Um, and in my 12th summer, I worked with Enterprise Community Partners, which is a big uh, affordable housing lender slash investor um, nationwide. So I did that. And uh, going into my 3L year, I got an offer for an internship with the firm I'm with right now, which is Cannon, Heyman and & Wise. Um, and you know, subsequently, after that, prior to graduation, um, I got an offer from them. And, you know, I'm still currently with them. As Dan mentioned, I also did the pro bono scholar program. And I was at Legal Aid, the Community Development Center um, down in Harlem, New York City, which also is a not-for-profit that kind of did something similar to what I'm doing right now. So that's kind of like my track um, record towards, you know, where I'm at right now. And um, in my role right now, I do a lot of like real estate transactions to represent lenders, investors, as well as developers who, um, you know, building affordable housing, enough, you know, health centers and schools around the country in New York. So that's currently what I do. Thank you, Adabari. So I was saying before on the line, Adabari, that um, the students just received notification this week that the July and August on-campus interview programs are um, beginning um, and that they are mostly made up of larger law firms and larger district attorney's offices. So my next question for the panelists is, Kayla mentioned she knew what she wanted to do before she got here and Adabari did as well. Dan said, unlike them, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. So when you received information on the on-campus interview program, did you understand who the employers were um, and did you participate and if you did, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences with the on-campus interview program? Um, Dan, do you want to start with us? Yeah, sure. So um, I am the first lawyer in my family for, uh, we're all a bunch of engineers. We're all a bunch of engineers and teachers. So I'm the first lawyer. So it was weird. Um, I'm not originally from New York either. So I heard all of these, you know, I lived in Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, and I knew I wanted to be in one of those three areas. Um, so I kind of marketed out to them. I had no clue who any of these firms were. 
I didn't know their reputations. I didn't know if they were terrible to work for, but I knew they were on the job board and I wanted a job. So I kind of applied to all of them. Kayla's laughing too, because we did go to a couple in Binghamton because my parents lived down in Binghamton. And uh, so it's an interesting thing where you don't really know what you're applying for because you don't know what you don't know, but you kind of have these group, this group of people around you who it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses to an extent where you feel like if you are not the person who is getting the job at the prestigious law firm or you're not applying for these things, you're somehow falling behind. Uh, and, and that's just not the case. And I'm sure we'll get into it more. I don't want to, you know, give my whole spiel on this one question, but to Joanne's point, I had no clue what was going on. I didn't even know, you know, we interviewed so quickly into the process that you really feel like you're behind the moment that you don't get an OCI job by August, September of 20, you know, the year before your 2L year, you're going to feel behind. And I, I, Promise it. I'll stress it with every answer. You're not. Thank you, Dan. I know. And I can't wait for them to, when I ask that question, for you to tell the rest of your story. Um, Kayla, I know that you also participated in the on-campus interview, um, the early interviews. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and just to, you know, back, you know, pre-COVID, we were actually in New York City um, and employers were coming on campus. So Kayla, can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah, so I, like Dan, had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. You really have all of these names pop up and you think you need to apply and it'll all work out. For me, when it had first come out, the application, I knew that I wanted to apply to some of these district attorney's offices. I am from a very small town. My family all grew up very small towns. So I wanted to at least try to get down to New York City and see what that would be like. And I had actually spoken a lot to Joanne and Dean Fitzpatrick about, you know, at least trying, seeing how I would feel. And so I was going back and forth on it, didn't really know what to do. I thought, you know, I, I would try to go down to New York City and just see how it went. The funny story that I was talking about with Dean Fitzpatrick and Joanne Pryor is... I go down to the city. I get completely lost. I have absolutely no idea where I am going. I broke my toe on the way to the interviews. So I walk in. I am fighting back tears. I am so disheveled. And Joanne and Dee Fitzpatrick are just like, take a deep breath. We're going to get this together. I honestly probably should have gone right to get medical attention. My foot was inflamed. And I pushed through and I walked out of the interview. It's just went out, sorry. I walked out of the interview and I said, this is the sign from the universe that I am an upstate girl through and through. I am not meant to be in this city, but I was so thankful that I had at least tried to get that experience and to just know for certain that I want to be a prosecutor in upstate New York or I want a job in upstate New York, that the city life, well, it might be for my colleagues. I was definitely doing it as more of a, like Dan said, you feel like you almost have to or you're behind the ball, but just having that experience, I think was a good moment of realization of I am right where I need to be in Albany, New York, so. And we are so glad that you are here with us. <laughs> now I'm not leaving. <laughs> Adabari, how was right. your experience? Knowing that, uh, you, can you hear me Adabari? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Okay. 
So knowing that you wanted to do community and economic development and when the all the on-campus interview emails and interviews started happening, you know, where were you at during that time? What were your thoughts? Um, like Dan and Kayla mentioned, none, like no one in my family is an attorney. We're more in the finance industry. So I had no clue as to, you know, the firms that were on the list. Um, I wasn't really sure what I was getting into, but you know, spoke to Dan Fitzpatrick about it, um, looked up a couple of those firms and saw if they had any practice in those uh, in my field or, you know, the community economic development field. A couple of them did. So I kind of geared my attention to those firms. You know, I had an interview with, I think, one or two. You know, I didn't get to offer the job. And to Dan and Kayla's point, you know, it's not like the end of the world, right? You could always still try to chat your own, path and you know just work towards what you eventually want to do so if you have a firm in mind or you know a non-for-profit or a governmental entity that you know you, you would ideally want to be end up in I think you know do not let this process if you don't get any offers or hear back from anyone you know dissuade you from you know what you actually want to do. So while we're still on you, Adabari, can you tell um, the students about your second year summer experience? I know you said you worked with a small firm who did some land bank issues. Tell us, um, you know, when you found that position and how you found that position. Right. So in the, so I think it was during the school year, I think that Fitzpatrick sent me uh, um, like a, there was a listing of, you know, a local practitioner that was looking to have an associate so I, uh, myself and some, another 12 at that point applied um, and, you know, we got it and it was a great experience, I think, because it kind of, I have never had any experience with like a real estate field um, as well as economic development field. So it kind of gave me an experience to start, you know, getting my feet wet in that industry. And I think ultimately that experience and those knowledge, like, you know, little bits and pieces of those knowledge definitely helped me in my, you know, interview with the current firm I'm with right now. And also with my, I guess, 2L summer, um, summer internship experience. So when you came back during your fall, you were going to now look for your full-time position with Kane and Heyman and Weiss. So at what time of the year did you did you um, find your position with Kane and Heyman and Weiss? Um, so we worked, I think, over the summer, over my 12th summer, uh, we worked to, uh, so I started speaking to representatives at Kane and Heyman and Weiss, um, and I think we scheduled to have an interview when I got back from 12th summer. Um, so when I got back, I think it's going into my 3L year, that fall semester, I interviewed with a couple of folks in the office and, um, you know, they gave me the offer to start my internship over there for my 3L fall year. And the reason why I wasn't there for the spring was because um, I was a pro bono scholar. So I did, um, I had to stop working or interning, I think, right before the end of the school year to start studying for the bar. And in the spring semester, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the pro bono scholar program, but um, you're a pro bono scholar at, you know, a chosen, um, I should say, 
organization that meets the criteria of um, pro bono for you know purposes of the of the program. So you know after that, I think before the at the end of my internship um, and before the pro bono scholar program started, I think that December um, of that year, I got my offer to eventually start working with the firm um, come that summer. So, yeah. Julianne, yes. Would you mind if I just mention one thing? So no, please. Adabari, so nice to see you. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise. So <laughs> um, and as I'm I'm listening to Adabari tell his story and his path, um, it occurs to me that one of the biggest distinctions between finding your job through the on-campus interview process which is kind of like a straight line from your second summer to your postgraduate job. Um, the, the real distinction is Adabari is describing is sort of like building a layer cake, right? So you notice that um, Adabari mentioned that he used um, one experience to get his feet wet within the industry. And that also allowed him to demonstrate an interest, a sincere interest in the practice area he wanted to join. And then after that, he added, right? Every, I think it was almost every semester, right? You added yeah. another layer to, yeah. to, to eventually land up in the position that, that is a great fit and, and I think where you wanted to be. So right. I just to call that to everyone's attention, especially for students who are about to maybe participate in the on-campus interview process and I encourage you all to do that and explore that, um, but also realize that there are other ways to build the skill set and to demonstrate your interests and to learn more about what you really want to do through these other pathways that our speakers are highlighting. So just, just wanted to add that. Thank you, Dean Fitzpatrick. I, I think that is a great, great point. Um, Dan, I'm going to turn to you now. So Dan, can you tell us a little bit about when you found your position with, um, with the firm, with Farrow and Polano? And um, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this, that you had made a comment to me about interviewing, the difference between interviewing with this firm versus the other ones. I don't know if you remember what you had said, but um, can you tell us about the timing and how you found your position with the firm and about the interview process? Well, the timing was nothing short of a miracle because I believe it was April of my 2L year. Uh, and I remember I was, it was, uh, I think it was either March or April. And I only remember this because I was, I was leaving a paid internship at a union um, where I remember one of the legal assistants looked at me and she was like, wait, so you're leaving and we're hiring your replacement and you don't have a job. And that really like sunk in. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I don't have a job. I don't, but I knew one thing. I was doing something that I, I didn't want to do long-term. And to Anabari's point and to Dean Fitzpatrick's point, your career is a layer cake. And there's going to become a moment where you realize what you want your cake to look like. Anabari knew coming in, Kayla knew coming in. I did it. So I took biz orgs. I took tax. I realized I wanted to be a business and corporations lawyer. And I, I started going and I, it, you get kind of desperate. You start interviewing places that you really don't have an interest in. You're like, well, maybe I could see myself doing that now. But you've got to remember that you have to put your career in perspective. So when they ask you the question, you know, oh, would you be interested in doing this? 
sometimes your convictions and the 50 years you want your career to be are more important than one summer internship, regardless of if it's, you know, the difference between $25 an hour and $16 an hour, you know, know your career is worth more to you than that and what you want it to be. So I finally sat down with a firm where I got to stand in front of and the one thing I, you know, I had expressed the openness to it, but I really didn't want to rotate. A lot of these big firm programs, what you'll do is you'll do two weeks of litigation, two weeks of labor and employment. And I, it just didn't speak to me. I didn't want to do toxic tort litigation. It sounded absolutely boring. I didn't want to touch workers' comp. It sounded boring. I wanted to do tax, which sounds boring to most of you, but not to me. Uh, and businesses and corporations, and I finally sat down in a firm that that resonated with. And they're, they're, they spoke to me as an adult. You know, not as someone who is going to participate in this 10-week program, kind of like an extension of school, but they really spoke with me on, you know, this is what your career will look like. We'll mark, we'll let you mark it in this area. We have a position open with the intention that you would be able to take it after the 10 weeks. And you'll be able to work in the field you want to work in. And what I found was that kind of, I guess I'll call it for lack of a better word, a grown-up conversation is something that it you know, having a program that functions like an extension of school is a luxury that a lot of larger firms have. Firms with less attorneys don't really have that because they don't, they can't afford to have dead weight for 10 weeks. So they want to have an open and honest dialogue with you about what your career will look like, what your expectations are. And, and I found that. And I found a place where I could joke and I could tease and it was funny because I sat down across from that, who's my partner, uh, wearing a pair of Yankees cufflinks. And he looked at me and he looked at my address. And he goes, do you live at the mansions at Technology Park over in Rensselaer? I'm like, yeah, I do. And he goes, oh, I lived there when I went to law school. And we struck up a whole conversation based on that. And in an instant, I had been in, I don't know, probably 50 interviews by that time, at, at least. And I had awkward ones, I had good ones, but there were, there's none where like you sit down and you're like, oh, these people are gonna offer me a job because we did not have an interview, we had a conversation. And when you find that, you take it and you run. Thanks, Dan, that's great, that's great. Kayla, you know, you summered with Alex Dell, right? during the summer. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience, when you found that position, how you found that position, um, and how it led you to the DA's office? Yeah, so going in, as I know we keep touching on, you're, even if you know what you wanna do, you might still be thinking, okay, well, what is my backup plan? Because you'll see a lot of these firms, a lot of these DA's offices, sometimes hiring, they're able to hire 10 people, other years they have maybe one spot and 20 people going for it. So. A lot of the time, or for my personal thought process was, I want to try to figure out if there's other things in the legal realm that interest me and try to make sure, you know, if the DA's office isn't going to, I'm not going to have a spot there, where else can I find an interest in or what else do I want to do? So I had started interviewing for basically every firm that would give me an interview. I, no matter what it was, and, and like Dan kind of touched on, you will find there's some, you kind of start to see 
yourself thinking, okay, I might be interested in that, or that might be something that I could see myself doing. And I actually did have a lot of that experience. I will say, even though I had thought I wanted to do criminal law, I did see myself starting to think, okay, I can see myself in some of these other settings too. I was pretty restricted because my grades weren't really where they needed to be for a lot of these private firms. And I ran into a lot of issues with that. So I will say if that ends up being something that happens with you, it's not the end of the world. It is not the end all be all. There is still light at the end of the tunnel. It just happens. I mean, law school is what it is. Grades are what they are. All you can do is kind of make the most of it and deal with the rejection as it comes and take it at face value. It's not a make it or break it. So for me, I had applied for basically every firm. It led me to the law firm of Alex Dell, which I absolutely loved. It was workers' comp, which I never would have thought I would say I loved doing workers' comp, but I did. I loved the people at the firm. I loved the work that I was doing. It was a lot of reading and writing, which I actually found to be pretty interesting. And the stuff that I was working on, I found to be pretty interesting. And I actually stayed there until I did eventually get an offer from the DA's office. But that is just kind of my story of, you know, no matter what's happening, if you have a hundred rejections, you have one rejection, no matter what it may be, there is always that light at the end of the tunnel. Everything's going to work out for a reason. I'm a big believer in the universe. Whatever is meant to be will be. And it is going to be even if it doesn't seem like it when you're in law school. I think that's one thing I wish I could go back and tell myself. Thank you, Kayla. So you just answered the first part of my next question. My two-part question is what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time and you know do it all over again? Would you do anything differently? Would you do it the same way? And the second part is, um, you know, what advice would you give our students as they're, you know, kind of heading into this process. We've heard a lot of, you know, themes of, you know, give it, you know, definitely put your hat in the ring, um, you know, be open to, to all areas, you know, definitely try to build on your experiences. So Kaylee, answer the first part of what you would, you know, what you might've done a little differently. So what tip would you give our students? I would say to go at everything with an open mind, be open to criticism, understanding that not every job's gonna be a good fit for you. You're gonna have some interviews. I know, I feel like even me and Dan had talked about this at times. You're gonna go into interviews with people and have two completely different experiences. And that's it, nothing against you or the other person or anyone you're going against, but just different people have different interests. I remember I walked into an interview and I left and I said, that was absolutely horrible. We didn't have a single thing in common. My personality was definitely too much for this person. It was awful. And then the person right after me said, oh, it was amazing. We talked about baseball the whole time and it was incredible. I do not know a thing about baseball. That interview was never going to go the way that it did for the next person. So just stuff like that, always taking things as they come. It is what it is. You can't control the fact that maybe you don't know anything about baseball, but the person next after you is going to have a great conversation and is going to land that job. So just keep going and it really does all work out in the end. Thank you, Kayla. Adabari, how about you? Anything you would change when you started the process and what tips would you give our students as they head into um, this time? And I don't know, I think my, my process was a blessing. <laughs> it's hard to like think of something that I would change. Like, I would just echo Kayla's point that, you know, have an open mind, um, you know, firms that you might interview with that, you know, you might not get a call back. It's not the end of the world. Just keep on plugging away. Um, either if you know what you want to do, keep on plugging away and, 
in the sense of looking for opportunities to learn and grow in that industry. Or if you don't know what you want to do, just keep on looking at several other, you know, places to work or intern at to just get experience so you can eventually know what you want. I remember having friends at the end of, you know, 3.0, even at graduation, that's like, that told me that I'm working at this firm, but honestly, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Um, And you know, anecdotally, um, I'm, I interviewed for one of the firms that were in OCR. And, you know, at that point, I was bummed that I didn't get the offer. And now they're pretty much opposing counsel in a lot of transactions that I work on. And, you know, I see his, like, I see the person that interviewed me actually constantly work with him. And I spoke to another person in an agency who told me that, you know, you're lucky that you're not at that firm because, you know, you know, it's a lot going on over there. And, you know, like things happen for a reason. And, you know, I'm a believer in what Kayla mentioned. Things always happen for things that happen as they happen. You just, you know, got to take it as it is. And, you know, you'll get disappointed. You might get rejection. You know, it's not the end of the world. Keep on plugging away. Okay, great. Dan, how about you? I have some advice, but I got to offshoot what I've already said quickly because he brought up something that's really important for especially people who don't really understand legal markets to try to, as best as you can find out, find out about these firms. Because a lot of these firms have cultures that every firm has a different culture. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just every firm has a different culture. And you might not jive with that culture or even that city's legal environment. You know, uh, I'm in Rochester. Rochester has a very polite kind of very uh, to whom it may concern kind of sincerely dearest, uh, a very polite legal market. Juxtapose it with Buffalo, which is right over there. Buffalo is a little bit more salt of the earth aggressive. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's they're two different styles. Every firm has a different style. You should learn about markets and styles because you will find yourself being unhappy at a firm that you do not gel with. If you have a partner who wants you to be more aggressive than you are, or who's holding you back, holding back that part of you that might make you special, might make you a great lawyer, you're never going to jive or gel in that environment. So it's important to reach out to alumni, um, ask around, try to find out as much as you can about some of these firms. Because to the same point, I interviewed some places. I had second, I had callbacks, final interviews with places that I'm just like, I would have never fit in there. It wouldn't have been my spot for my career. But my advice, I have two big pieces. I tell them to everyone. First one is you're like a rake source. Put your blinders on. You're going to see people next to you getting jobs that will be jealous. You'll say, why did they get that job and I didn't? Why did they, um, you know, you're going to feel left out, left behind, like things are happening around you to people that don't deserve it. You got to tune that out. And that's to my second point, which is you got to cut yourself slack. You have no idea why a person was hired. You'll never know why a person was hired. To Kayla's point, 
you and I could be up for the same job. And I talked to Brett Farrell about baseball for 45 minutes. It got him all excited and he got me hired. Does that make you a better lawyer than me? No, I just know more about the Yankees than you. You'll never know why someone didn't hire you. You can never find out. Now, you always hear stories and you hear those stories that, you know, 15 years later at a Monroe County bar mixer, someone comes up, why didn't you hire me? And it's always something ludicrous. It's never, we went with someone who had a 0.01 GPA higher than you, or they had a better smile than you, or their hairline wasn't receding. Like, it's always something ludicrous. So you've got to cut yourself slack. You don't know why the person next to you got the job and didn't, and it's out of your control. The only thing that you can do is just keep looking at the job board every day, fine-tuning your resume. I will always say this, your cover letter can always be read one more time. I promise you your cover letter can always be read one more time because there's a spelling error in there because you're applying four jobs in one day because a whole slew of them just got posted and you typed them all up really quick. It can always be read one more time. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. That's great advice. So now I'd like to open it up for questions. Um, you know, students, you have some great alumni here at your um, disposal. Um, feel free to unmute yourself, raise your hand, put something in the chat, whatever you'd like. Do we have any questions for our panelists? I'll just check here. I don't see any hands raised. Well, I wanna be respectful of everyone's time during this lunch hour. Um, I wanna thank our panelists for joining us today. I thought the program was excellent. Um, I wish all the students the best and, oh, Dan, yes. I would like to make one more final point that is not going to get told to you. Well, it might get told to you, depending on who it is. Um, small firms and some government agencies are really bad about recruiting. They want to do it, but they forget to do it because you find out once you join one that the person who's in charge of making sure that jobs get posted to the board is like also a managing partner. And they have other things and kids and they forget stuff and we're all humans. So I would recommend if you find a place and you like a place and it looks like a spot that does something you wanted to do, it never hurts. Send a cover letter, send a resume. I think Joanne put in my information, send me a cover letter, send me a resume, send it to your alumni network, let them send it up the ladder. Because honestly, with a lot of places, it's not that they don't want to hire, it's just who has the time? That's an excellent point, Dan, an excellent point. Right, and I'll echo that sentiment as well, that funny story, I know someone that, you know, our firm wasn't posting anything online and, you know, they just randomly reached out to the partner saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in your firm, I'm from, you know, XYZ, would you be interested in having a talk with me? And, you know, they're currently with us now, so, you know, Sometimes it might just like sense that the firms might not post or governmental agencies might not post. But, you know, if there is a firm or a governmental entity that or a non for profit that you would want to work for after graduation and they're not, you know, in the OCR list, always feel free to reach out to, you know, either HR or the management partner or some partner in the firm. And, you know, you'll be surprised that someone would actually respond back to you saying, no, yeah, sure. Like, let's talk. And there you go. You have a job from there. <laughs> so um, always keep your, you know, eyes and ears open for anything. 
Yeah, I, I'm an anxious person, so I always think about the worst case. The worst case they can do is send you back a letter saying you're a terrible person and you should have never done this. And if they do that, congratulations, you just found out you never want to work there. All right. You just saved yourself a whole bunch of time. All right. <laughs> oh, exactly. This is this is a marathon, not a sprint. So, uh, you know, please keep in touch with your career counselors. Please let us know how the process is going. I, I think that the students, um, our alumni here demonstrated that, you know, staying in touch with the office, looking outside the box, being patient, um, you know, taking every opportunity you can to see if it's a fit for you um, are all good points, are all good points. So if there are any questions, feel free to unmute. Um, and if not, I'm going to thank our um, alumni um, speakers, thank them for their time, thank all of you for your time um, and look forward to uh, being back together soon and, and starting the season. Thank you. Sounds good. Good luck to everyone. Bye. And yeah, happy hunting, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Bye, everyone. It was good to see you.